Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show dedicated to bringing you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity with badass triathletes. Yes, it's Jason, aka JMac, and this is the JMac Tries Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to my show, for the downloads, for the five stars, for the comments, for the shares. Um, it's just growing every week, which is really, really cool. And if you listen to Tuesday's episode, with Jesse Thomas, I told you at the end I was going to drop a bonus episode this week, and it had to do a little bit with Jesse and his uh, point of throwing himself out there on all things social, especially indoor training. So I was really excited when I started this show because I had the power of people and the power of our great community, and I've reached out to many people and ask them to be on my show. And they've all said yes so far. So with great power comes great responsibility. So when I had this opportunity to reach out to some of the guys over at Zwift, I went right to the top. I went right to Eric Mann and said, Eric, look, big fan of yours, big user of Zwift, and I'd love to have you on my show. And although he was happy to come on, he pointed me in a different direction and said, why don't you bring on one of our lead engineers who's also a triathlete. So really excited to have on my show today, Mr. Jordan Rapp. Yes, five-time Ironman professional winner, Jordan Rapp is the guest on today's show. And although we do talk a little bit about his racing career, going way back to 05, he won the very first sprint triathlon that I competed in. He kicked my ass by a mile, but that was my first experience with Jordan and been following him ever since. And uh, he just, quote-unquote, retired from professional triathlon racing last year to work full-time over at Zwift. And although he's dabbling in some cycling races, he's spending most of his time as an engineer at Zwift. So to have Jordan on my show is just a great honor and a great, um, just a great time that we had chatting about Zwift and indoor training. And not only what Zwift has brought to all of us uh, triathletes, but also what the future hold for, holds for Zwift. So leading up to the show, I was able to get a couple questions from you guys, my listeners, and have them on my list of things to talk to Jordan about. So we go through that at the end. Um, ironically, with this recording of this episode, there were some technical glitches. So uh, the irony is definitely not lost on me um, with the technical glitches on this show. But it's all good. It's a great conversation with Jordan. I truly appreciate him taking time to come on because he didn't have to do it. He was kind of voluntold to do it. But he was a great sport, and we got to talk all things Zwift. So, as always, I'm J-Mac. This is J-Mac Tries, and this is your special bonus episode with Jordan Rapp of Zwift. Enjoy. Hey, Jordan. Hey, how are you, Jason? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot, man, again, for uh, taking some time to sit down with me. 
Most welcome. Yeah, happy. Always like to talk about Zwift. <laughs> well, it's such an easy conversation, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, that might be that uh, I don't ever seem to stop thinking about it. Uh, you can take it how you will. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was kind of funny. We were just recollecting. I would do no service if we just jump into Zwift without actually, you know, obviously introducing who you are and, and your career up to this point. But I, I was just saying, you know, I asked you. Going back to 2005, do you remember doing the Niantic Bay Mystic Triathlon? And you were like, yes, I won it three times in a row. So that's, that was my first ever triathlon. And my kids, uh, they still have, I, I have the trophies because they had the best trophies. The first year I won this like model ship. Uh, and that's still at my parents' house because it would be quite something to transport it. But one year, they, the prize was $100 but it was a hundred sand dollars in this beautiful glass jar. And uh, my kids uh, have that uh, on, uh, on their bureau because um, they're quite a fan of seashells and things like that. So I still have that and uh, passed it on to them. That, that's awesome. It was so funny. Like I said, that was my first ever try. And I remember, you know, getting my ass handed to me, my first open water swim and had a good bike and then, you know, tough run and, cross finish line i'm like that was awesome i gotta do it again but i'll never forget seeing you um and i didn't know you from adam and just crossed the line i'm like that dude is fast so and then you know fast forward a couple of years later and how long you were not pro at the time correct uh no i don't in 2005 i that was the first year that i raced as a pro but niantic bay i think was early enough that uh, or maybe I had just gotten my pro license. Like literally, that would have been maybe the sec. 2005, I think, based off the timing that I remember, mm -hmm. I think I would have just gotten my pro license. I actually raced. I remember that in 2005, I raced three, I think, three weekends in a row. But that might have been a year later. It's like it all sort of blurs together. Um, I think at that point, yeah, I would have just gotten my pro license. And I think that would have been maybe my second race that I did as a pro. Um, but of course, that race didn't have a pro field. But uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's funny. So, so you're an East Coast guy um, and now you're, you're living out on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, I've been in California now for almost, uh, almost 10 years. We moved here end of 2009. So I sort of think of myself as being West Coast, but I mean, I spent, you know, way longer than that on the East Coast. Uh, so I definitely still feel like originally my roots are, are East Coast. So I think I go back and forth. Like I would like to go back. I, my wife is very West Coast, though, uh, from the Pacific Northwest. And I don't think she's not she would not be a fan of that. But I I miss it. Uh, at times right now in february or you know early march i don't miss it but uh other times i do yeah you, you don't want to come out here now it has just been we had a miserable start to the winter and then it got kind of mild and now we're just suffering through that late february early march where it's just bring on spring but it's nowhere to be seen so <laughs> stay, stay on the west coast it's way easier though when i think about part of how i could go back and tolerate it uh, is because of Zwift, or I think like, oh, well, you know, the big limiter is always like, I can't, I can't ride the trainer all winter, but now I ride the trainer all winter, uh, even in Southern California because, uh, because of Zwift. So that excuse has now faded.
that's a you know well that's actually funny because um you know living out here and doing tries for 12 seasons you learn to love or hate the indoor trainer at least embrace it and um i've been through many different programs and uh i just kind of stumbled upon you guys the past i don't know probably four months um but zwift's been around for a lot longer than that is that correct yeah so zwift's uh launched their public beta um at the beginning of 2015 um and then i want to say that that went through maybe october november of that year and then that's when they then started to actually charge a price for it so i think it was like maybe 10 10 or 11 months uh maybe they just announced that, that they were going to start charging in October. Um, so it was about a year, about a year long public beta in 2015. Um, and then that's, yeah, so it's been around now, um, you know, just over three years. And, and how long have you been there? Uh, it feels like a long time. <laughs> um, like I'm sort of like an old hand now. Uh, and part of that is that we grow so fast. And part of that is that we are like, it's such a fast paced uh, there's probably some irony we're having technical difficulties talking about a very technical program such as Zwift. Yeah, I mean, it's actually uh, internet connectivity is probably our number one customer support issue, which is tough because it's hard to say to people when they write in and they're like, I have a problem. And then you just really the only answer that you can give them is your internet isn't fast enough or reliable enough. <laughs> um, which is not a super helpful answer. Um, but, you know, you have people, and I think especially, you know, people they want to, with running, they want to go to the gym and then they want to be able to use the game on, you know, on a mobile device. Uh, and so from that standpoint, internet connectivity is a big thing. Group rides are another thing where just, there's a lot more information required to go back and forth uh, in a group ride because your position and sort of your interaction with the group is then kind of an inherent part of the experience. Whereas if you're just riding by yourself, it's kind of like that stuff is less important. Whereas like if you're participating in a race and all of a sudden you disconnect, you know, uh, your internet drops a hundred meters before the finish, like, there's sort of nothing that we can do. <laughs> exactly. But it's also, I mean, it's hard. Like I think, um, thankfully, you know, broadband is becoming better and LTE now on mobile phones, you know, and people think like I have a good internet connection and like that may be true, but is it a consistent internet connection? Right. And I think like that's some of this other stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. There's the Zwiftalyzer for people who don't know is this third party tool that will analyze your log files for you. And it will tell you whether or not you actually like a lot of these network drops and things like that show up. We do log it, but uh, you know, it is, it is hard and there's sort of, there's sort of nothing that we can do um, especially as the world gets bigger and as events get bigger and all of that. Um, yeah, so I think it's just uh, more bandwidth, please. That's I mean, you guys are going through these growing pains, and um, obviously, it's something you had to to realize was going to happen. But I think the coolest thing, and I was listening, so you guys have a podcast out as well because you have you know nothing else going on over there. So let's start a podcast. <laughs> but you were kind of getting into the secret sauce about group rides on your podcast, and the first one that I was listening to. 
Yeah, so it's actually the group workout. Group, oh, group, group workout, thank you. Yeah. Yes. They're a subset of, I mean, a group workouts are a type of group ride. Um, and that's, I mean, a regular group ride, I mean, there is secret sauce there too in terms of managing, you know, uh, other riders and what you see and all of that kind of stuff. But the real secret sauce is in the, the group workouts where it's like, how do you actually keep everybody together Yes. Um, you know, but still then preserve some level of kind of pack dynamics. And so, yeah, I mean, we change people's weight, we change their, uh, aerodynamics and then those things then further change kind of, if you're off the back or off the front, um, it's, it's quite dynamic. So it, it's interesting because we want it to be realistic, but also like not too realistic. And so what is that, um, and I mean, I think the answer is different for everyone. Uh, and especially, you know, fast people are like, why are group rides so slow? But right. then we do get people who are slow who are like, why are group workouts so fast? <laughs> right, exactly. and, uh, I mean, and I think that's, it's, it's hard. And so we've certainly have bias towards the slower people because what we really didn't want is for people to just like decimate a PR um, <laughs> then never beat because the group workout functionality basically just dragged them uh, to this, this record setting performance. I think the group workouts are awesome. So as a, you know, I'm a 4.30 a.m. up and working out. So you guys have like this where it's 5 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. There's been a consistent group workout going on, especially the past four weeks with your FTP builder. And um, I don't know, it's just pretty cool getting up and seeing 50 to 75 people on there and a bunch of other idiot Americans up at 5 a.m. riding. So kudos to you guys for that. Yeah, I mean, we have pretty good uh, analytical data. So we schedule workouts pretty, I mean, and rides and everything, but especially the workouts. I mean, we definitely try and schedule them according to sort of when people are on um, and and riding and about how long they ride, you know, so it, it is sort of, yeah, I mean, we want to try and have workouts that leave roughly roughly every hour leaving roughly on the hour because that's just sort of the way that people live their lives. Yeah. I mean, as, especially as triathletes, right. We're type A personalities. So it's, I know if I have a group workout at five Oh five AM, I'm getting up at four 30 to get ready for it. So. Do, yeah. Do you... I think that's, that's certainly, I mean, that's what we've, we've tried to do is sort of to pick, to kind of, put stuff at consistent times and repeatable times and memorable times. Um, so that people know that there's going to be something. And then other than that, we just sort of fill in around those other, you know, when we have kind of dead air, such as it, uh, you might call it, you know, then it's just, Oh, we'll just stick kind of something in there. Um, so we always want to have kind of something going on. So we really target the key times and then we sort of just fill in the other times so that uh, people can find things, you know, that if they're like, ah, I just want to do a ride, um, then we have something for them. But it definitely seems that, yeah, those like those core times, um, which is early in the morning and then kind of seven o'clock at night, which was really interesting to see that uh, this evening, kind of 7 p.m. in the evening is a huge time for people to train, uh, huh. which which I did never sort of realize until I came here. But that's uh, especially in Europe, but to a certain extent in the U.S. as well. I wonder if it's, you know, come home from work, see the family, maybe have dinner and then hop on for an hour or two before the, you get, then you can see the kids again before they go to bed. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it varies a lot, but I think there is a lot to that. Right. I mean, uh, 
you know, people that get up, they sort of want to start their work day, or maybe they do something that is, you know, if they're going to work, right, they want to get to work or beat the traffic, and then maybe they're doing something else, especially if they're a triathlete, right? right. You know, they're at work, they're going to go for a run, but, you know, they're not going to be able to lug their trainer, right? right. So uh, I think it, from that standpoint, if you figure that people are getting to work early, you know, running uh, it, or something like that, or maybe weights if, if they're not, uh, you know, if they're not a triathlete or something like that, something else is the easy thing to do before work. And then, you know, you're going to come home and then you're going to go into the, into the trainer room and use that. But it was, uh, it was interesting. I mean, I, I quite like, I've always liked to train in the evening. Like when I was a full-time athlete, mm -hmm. I trained during the day because it was my job. But I think from a chronotype standpoint, I definitely prefer to sort of train from about five o'clock to about eight o'clock at night. Um, and so I find myself now regularly, I will be like, I am now one of one of our sort of normal users, you know, <laughs> right. logging at seven, seven thirty and going for a ride huh. after my kids go into bed. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fun. So I'm, I, like I said, I'm the complete opposite. I'm a 5am guy, but I think the cool thing, what you guys are doing is you're finding that sweet spot for for you know both sides of the spectrum and then consistently putting some stuff there for us to find yeah i mean there's the calendar is full and getting is full and getting fuller i i was looking at it we had 800 events a week uh the first week in november uh and then i looked the last last week in february and it was 1400 events so holy crap so, yeah well you know i'll be you know, completely straight up. So I, we started using you guys probably around October or November of last year. And the thing that I didn't, and this is coming from a background of using other software that was, that had consistent training plans. It was hard to kind of figure out a training plan. Um, but then once you guys started putting out those consistent group workouts, that's been basically my training plan and enjoy, really enjoy following that. Yeah. And then, I mean, training plans is, uh, that's our next big focus, uh, of sort of, that will be the next big product release coming shortly. Um, and then sort of the long range, uh, will be blending group workouts and training plans, uh, you know, together so that obviously if you have, uh, a workout on your training plan, uh, and there's a group workout that matches up to it, you know, then we'll say, hey, why don't you do your tr training that's scheduled today in a group workout? And so we sort of have these two parallel paths, but certainly training, uh, structured training, training plans. Um, but what I, yeah, I sort of back up a little bit. I just call, I call it structured training, which yep. means, you know, workouts and having a purpose, all of that. That's really, I think that's fundamentally what I was hired to, to do awesome. and to help. And, uh, you know, I think we're seeing the foundations. And I think if we would have this conversation in a year, um, the, the Zwift landscape as regards uh, Zwift as a training tool, I think will be very different. Um, well, yeah. And I think, um, you know, when I saw that you were hired at Zwift, I think it was a couple of months back, if not the end of last year, I was kind of hoping that you as the triathlete with being a pro for so many years would kind of take on that triathlete mentality with them and, and, and build into that a training program because I've noticed a lot of it is basically cycling based so it's riding every day but um, there are to be more tri uh, triathlon specific workouts that I've seen um, that you you actually you you lead a couple of them as well yeah I mean I've written some and I have more coming and then we have more content coming I mean 
we've been growing fast uh, as a company, and yet we definitely we don't seem to be able to grow fast enough. Hey, we connect pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, I think it is very fitting, right, where it's, you know, different devices, all of that. This is, believe me, this is our world, right, where people are like, uh, you know, you think, oh, this is fine, but, and of course, there should be a standard for things like connectivity, and yet every trainer is a little bit different, right? right? Uh and so there that's, I mean, but of course people just want things to work and then, right. you know, uh, I, I, I'm sympathetic, uh, in that regard where, I mean, you know, we end up troubleshooting, you know, trainer issues, but I'm sure that, you know, trainer companies, you know, they, they probably get calls as well, um, you know, about issues of ours, but I think ultimately, right. People are using Zwift. So, you know, that is the use case. So if you're in Zwift and something is going wrong, uh, you contact with customer support, you know, and if, uh, if it's your internet or if it's your trainer, you're like, well, I don't care. Right. Like <laughs> whip doesn't work. And, uh, even if, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's not our fault. Um, people still want, uh, they still want us to kind of solve that, uh, for them. Um, which is understandable, but I think, you know, you see this right where it's, whether it's different phones, different operating systems, I think one of the sort of the big things that's ongoing is that, you know, we support native Bluetooth on uh, Macs because Macs basically support it across the board uh, and have for some time, but not on Windows because essentially just the way that Windows works, uh, it's only, you can only really do window native Bluetooth on Windows 10 um, but if you build an application for Windows 10, it's not uh, in order to take advantage of that, then it's not backwards compatible. And so there's a lot of this. So, you know, whenever people are like, oh, well, it works well if you're on two iPhones, I'm like, yeah, okay. But so I think uh, it is funny just to see that everything is, there are so many similarities and it's sort of, it's all like, yeah, it all works pretty well, but then there often are these massive gulfs in places where you wouldn't think that there would be. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and you, we were kind of chatting before. It's like, here you guys are, you're, you guys are doing a good job. You got a lot more users coming on. So with that comes all these growing pains and problems. But at the same time, you're trying to get more stuff out there like triathlon specific training programs. So it's a fine line between, you know, fixing what is potentially broken, but you know, not perfect, but then getting new stuff out there to get even more user engagement. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Like people, if, if the software is working, then people want new content. Right. And then it's like, but then as soon as they have a problem, they're like, well, why hasn't this been fixed yet? Um, and so, you know, this is the inevitable, inevitable battle, right? Like when people are happy and everything's working fine, you know, then they want the new stuff. Um, but uh, then as soon as you're like, give them new stuff, if the old stuff then breaks, it's like, well, why didn't you fix the old stuff? So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a challenge, but I think, I mean, everybody faces this challenge. Uh, it's not, it certainly is not unique to Zwift. I think, um, you know, every software company faces a lot of these similar growing pains where people want new, don't want to give up the old. Um, yeah, and especially as you guys keep upgrading and rolling out new stuff, you know, you always get people to say, oh, I like the old version better. Oh, I like this better. And look, you're not going to please everybody. So uh, I truly appreciate what you're doing over there. So you have one, one, one loyal follower here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hey. Yeah. 
it's hard. It, it is. It's 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 just like we're doing now, trying to get this thing recorded. And I feel like I want to get this thing done because it's I'm like watching, you know, like like the sands of the hourglass. Um, but I don't want to leave you. I did have a couple of just questions from some of my listeners, and I, I might just kind of just fire them out at you, and then you just kind of fire back. How's that sound? Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so we know you could go in and uh, change your kit, which I think is one of the coolest things you could do. Is there any way to build custom kits? I know it seems like every week I see new and new kits out there. So how do those kind of come about? Yeah, so we we have to build all of them, and it's it's actually quite uh, an intensive process. And so we get emails all the time, like, "Hey, I'd love to have my my club kit in and when we were first starting you know uh it was a it was a way that we were able to get users in um but as the platform has grown and then the number of requests has just sort of exponentially grown we just basically had to to kind of put a hold on it except for like basically big partners so you know if we do an event with somebody like say castelli then you know we got to make sure that we have a castelli kit in the game and things like that but we're, I mean, there's always new ones coming out, but it's, it's typically for uh, partners. And then people said like, well, why can't I just kind of make it like uh, an auto upload? Right. And we're like, because it would be all of like, literally like in negative time from when we introduced like upload your own kit, there would be like, you know, a genitalia kit in the game. <laughs> like somebody, right. Like you just, that's, it's like the sad fact of the internet, right. right? Like, if you allow people to upload that picture, you know, there will be a, a dick pic kit. kit <laughs> exactly. So that's the answer as to why you can't do it yourself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So um, we were chatting before. So, so so there are some specific training programs coming forward, hopefully in, in the triathlon side or just in general, Jordan? Uh, it will be cycling and running to start. Um, triathlon is just, uh, you know, it managing kind of the interaction between sports um, just adds a layer of complexity. Um, and then when the training plan feature comes out, you'll see why it in this case uh, adds a significant layer of complexity uh, based on we've, how we've chosen to, to present them and manage them, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but uh, just, yeah, the multi-sport aspect of, of three, of three different sports um, made the kind of first rollout. Uh, is going to be single sport only, but hopefully we will follow up um, fairly quickly with multi-sport plans. And we're already starting to build the plans uh, for multi-sport. Um, so it, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely coming, but uh, yeah, we, we just sort of, we had great ambitions to roll them out in the first release, but uh, that just uh, <laughs> great ambitions, you know, Everything is everything is always harder than you think it's going to be. Right. It looks good on paper and sounds good in the in the boardroom until you actually sit down and try and figure it out. So, yeah. well, I think it's great you guys keep bringing on new pros and you're doing that series with uh, try uh, three no twenty four seven try three sixty five. I I'm totally spaced. Try twenty four seven out of the UK. Thank yeah, you. and I mean that's been a great series. And I mean I think there's tr the number of triathletes on the platform is growing. Um, not surprising, you know, with the inclusion of running. So, I mean, it, it's a core audience for us. And, and I mean, we do, there's no question that features specific to triathletes are on the roadmap. It's just, there's a lot on the roadmap. <laughs> Perfect. So I, that's my next question. Does that include new, uh, new routes, new courses coming? Yeah. I mean, there is, uh, 
I mean, the, the world continue to grow. And I mean, ultimately when people sort of say like, Oh, we, we want our kit in the game. It's like, trust me, you'd rather have the artists working on making new routes than on putting your kit uh, in the game. Um, that's been our feeling. So, you know, that's the, the artists. I mean, the majority of the artist work is on, is on the worlds. And then uh, after that, it's on, on new gear you know, new bikes, new wheels, that kind of stuff. I think all the stuff that, that people really care about. And then it's more fun, I think, than like yet another kind of club jersey. Perfect. Okay, I got one final question. And this is really to bust my stones of one of my good friends, Eric. So he's, he, he's like, you got to ask Jordan this question. So uh, Eric's pissed because when he does hill climbs, he doesn't feel he's riding fast enough up the hill based on his outdoor hill climbing abilities. So can you comment on that? Uh, I think that some of it is how like people have a perception. I think often that roads are steeper than they are. Mm -hmm. Um, like I think, and that's some of it is that, uh, like we have a lot of eight and 9% grades in Zwift. Um, and that's like really steep. Um, and so I think a lot of times when people are out and they think like, Oh, this is a steep hill they're probably thinking more like kind of four to five percent and the difference between four to five percent you know and eight to nine percent is is pretty massive and so i think it's hard because of course the numbers are just numbers um and i think one of the other things is that there is a slider for trainer what we call trainer difficulty which is basically what the what the trainer sets and so if you think of like okay i'm going up in this gearing this is the gearing that I would use outside and I'd be going this fast, but the midpoint of that slider, which is actually the default value. If you go into settings, mm -hmm. that means it's half, right? So if you're going up a 10% grade, we tell the trainer that you're actually going up a 5% grade. And so the trainer sets the resistance as if you were at a 5% grade, but the speed is what it would actually be on a 10% grade. Gotcha. And so I think that's where people get confused is that, it feels like a 5% grade based on the gearing that you're in. So you think like I should be going as fast as I would go up a hill if I was in this gear outside. Right. But for most people, this, they've left the setting unchanged. And so it's at the midpoint. And so you're actually climbing in game a hill that's twice as steep as what the trainer and your gearing tells you it is. Perfect. Yeah. And I think that's the great, it's not going to be perfect. Um, but I think there's always going to be people that want it to be, everything perfect but i think you guys do what you're doing now has just been awesome and and how much have yeah. how have your users grown I'll over the past couple of months all the way to the right yeah exactly <laughs> well, I, well that's what i'm telling them. i'm gonna hang up with you. and it will feel way harder and he'll be like oh this is why this feels like i'm going really slow uh, <laughs> perfect so what's your user growth been just the past couple of months or over a year uh i mean i think that's sort of like that's a little that's definitely like in the secrets stuff i think the numbers that were permitted to share is like it's now been now over a half a million people wow. have gone for a ride on Zwift. Um, you know, the specifics of user demographics, things that's like, that's the one where I really, I think I get in big trouble. No, so that's I true. I didn't, I didn't mean to put you in the spot like that, right. but you guys are clearly been growing just in the past. It just seems like the past six months. Um, and maybe it's just because I've yeah, been using I mean, it, but some of that is seasonal, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, it will always be like, we will always grow in the winter relative to the summer. 
um, just because people like to ride outside uh, in the summer. You know, and of course, there's more of our users in the northern hemisphere than in the southern. So when I say, you know, the winter people, you know, in summer, people in Australia are like, well, hey, it's summer here or end of summer, you know, getting down there. Um, but, you know, most of our users are in the northern hemisphere. So when I talk about summer, I mean, like uh, northern hemisphere summer. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But, you know, and I also think even uh, um but you guys keep rolling out these training programs and these group rides. You're going to, you're going to keep the, I would assume the growth would continue. And uh, just, you know, especially with us people that get up so early and don't want to get out on the road as early or even as late at night, it just makes it so much easier to continue even throughout the training season as well. Yeah. I mean, I started riding on Zwift, I think like a lot of people because of weather and in the typical time, like, bad weather, short days, but then it became habit. And then I found that even over the summer when the days were long and the weather was good, I just kept doing it because, you know, it made for good training in, you know, there were certain workouts that were way easier to do inside, you know, and I just enjoyed it, you know, no cars, easy setup, fast, efficient, all of that. So I think people often come for the typical reasons, but then they stick around just because it, it becomes habit. Awesome. Well, I think that's that's a great point to, to end on here. We, we made it through this segment without any difficulties, so I don't want to press my luck. <laughs> um, but listen, Jordan, I truly appreciate you taking some time to come on here. Um, I promise when I, when, I, when I put this out there, I'll give you the introduction that you need um, based on your background. But I appreciate you coming on, talking about yourself, and especially talking about Zwift. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity, Jason. Yeah, and um, also you guys have a new podcast, or you have a podcast that just got launched, so that's really cool. So um, kudos for everything you're doing, and keep keep up the great work. Yeah, the podcast is is training, sort of training focus, right? It's not as it's we. I mean, there's a ton of uh, there's a bunch of good Zwift podcasts, but this is the Zwift coaching podcast, so it's all about training and workouts. Um, and, and the specifics of that. And it's not, uh, you know, it's not a, a duplicate of th something like uh, Zwift Insider or the Zwift cast that are really sort of more, more general. It's, it's all about training um, and is a good listen, even if you're not a Zwifter actually. Um, yeah. I listened to the first one and it's just to, to pull you and all these coaches knowledge together in one, in one location. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's it's nice. I mean, we do have a lot of great coaches that contribute, and it's it's nice to have them be able to contribute more than just a you know a workout uh, or a session like that to actually share you know share what's inside their head in that way is is a nice compliment. Cool. Well, we're still we're still we're still on. So, but I want to connect this on purpose or disconnect this on purpose. So I'm going to say thank you so much, Jordan Rapp at Zwift, for coming on my show, and uh, look forward to seeing what you guys are rolling out pretty soon. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, we've got a lot coming. So there will be a lot, a lot to see and a lot to talk about. That's for sure. Awesome. Thanks again, Jordan. Thanks, Jason. Hell yeah. Jordan Rapp over at Zwift. Great conversation. Truly appreciate Jordan coming on my show to chat all things Zwift. What the future holds for Zwift. There's some cool things coming out, huh? Um, some new routes in the mix training plans will be um coming pretty soon we chatted about why you can't upload your own kits and uh also a little shout out to my man eric barone on uh, his question about why he's so slow going up all those major climbs in zwift so i hope this episode with jordan 
really give you a smart, deeper dive into Zwift. And uh, to everybody using it, keep going out there and giving me those ride-ons, and I'll hit you back. And if you've not checked out Zwift, go um, just go see what you're missing. Uh, it's Z-W-I-F-T. It's uh, indoor virtual training. Yeah, all the cool kids are doing it, so you get to be on it as well. And uh, that's all I have for you today. So, again, thank you so much for listening to not only this special bonus episode with Jordan and Zwift, but to my show in general. Truly appreciate the five stars. It helps me out a lot. Truly appreciate the shares. Truly appreciate the comments. And truly appreciate all of you. So, back on track next Tuesday. Another awesome episode of J-Mac Tries. Until then... Talk to you soon.